Welcome in to the newest episode of the Hoth Hangout Podcast. It's an exciting one today because we just watched the premiere and second episode of Ahsoka. We are going to be breaking it down all in today's episode. Uh, but of course, before we get to any of that, be sure you check us out on all the socials and you are subscribed to the Hoth Hangout Podcast on YouTube as well as if you're an audio podcast listener, you can check us out anywhere podcasts are available, including Spotify and Apple. Additionally, find us on those socials at Hoth Hangout on X, TikTok, and Instagram. Still getting used to that new name for that <laughs> platform. And uh, again, we're going to be talking a lot of Ahsoka today. We're going to try to keep the news to start us off relatively short. Uh, but before we talk about that little bit of new news, a lot of which concerns Ahsoka, Joey, how you feeling? Uh, just some early thoughts on on the Ahsoka premiere. What, I mean, what's, what's going on with you right now? I mean, long time no see to you and Gibbo. It's been a whole eighteen hours since we last saw each other. Uh, um, but no, I, it's been. I, I rewatched it today during the day, and this show actually got a little bit better watching it again because you got to see the little bits here and there that you maybe missed as you and I were kind of talking over things every now and then. So it was uh no I'm I this is an exciting time for for us as Star Wars fans and more importantly Ahsoka fans. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we uh we got to return to our old habit of of watching a show together again. It, yeah. It's been a while <laughs> since the last time we got to do that. So. And it, and it's not at 2 a.m. So that's a that's a big Oh my plus. gosh. Which is honestly a piece of our news. It was a little bit further down on our list of things to talk about in in terms of news, but we might as well just talk about that first of all. Something that we did not know a week ago at the time of our last podcast when we spoke about our expectations for Ahsoka, or perhaps maybe we had just found out. I don't recall no, what we didn't date know. it was. We didn't know until after okay, we so recorded. It may have been like actually the day after that they announced it or something like that. Uh, I, yeah, in fact, it was because Joey messaged Gibbo and I saying, uh, can you believe that... The <laughs> they were going to be able to watch this at eight instead of having to wake up at two in the morning to record our reactions to this. Oh, I so, loved it so much. Uh, yeah, that was that was a definitely an added bonus, like finishing the episodes and realizing, oh, it's like 1030 right now. It's like not that late. <laughs> yeah, so that was nice. So uh, first piece of news, I guess, would just be that we are now officially having Sokotano Tuesdays for the next six weeks or so. At, yes. Again, at 9 p.m. Eastern rather than at 3 a.m. Eastern. So, a uh, a Thank much the maker. Thank needed the maker. change. Thank you, Disney, for doing that. <laughs> Although the European Star Wars fans are foaming at the mouth right now, yes. so right. can't win them all, I guess. Uh, also, in in terms of Ahsoka, there was an Ahsoka fan event held on the seventeenth, just five days prior to the release of Ahsoka, and this was held all across the country, as well as uh, I believe. No, I guess all these locations would just be in the U.S. So I have five different locations, of which those included Lucasfilm HQ, El Capitan Theater, Times Square, and of course, Disney World and Disneyland. And if you are watching the video version of the podcast, there's some pretty cool photos as well as a, a neat little video. I don't know. See as well, but I don't know if I've ever smiled. Look at all the smiles on these people. There's just pure joy and happiness because of Star Wars. I don't know if I've gotten that big of a <laughs> smile look how fun, happy we oh, are that just happy looks they like are. so much fun yeah yeah we're watching the video now and you get to just see all of the hype all of the excitement that uh came along with this event i i mean i had no idea this was even happening now i'm not 
in the area. Oh, I guess there wasn't Brazil and Mexico also. El Capitan, I think, must be in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it looks like they were able to watch the two episodes. Yeah. That we had that we had finally watched a couple of days ago, but they were able to watch it on the on the seventeenth there. And yeah, just to be in a room. I don't know if you've ever been in a huge room with a ton of Star Wars fans pumping up lightsabers and all that. It is. It's a lot of fun. It's the the energy inside of there must have been just crazy in all of those locations. Yeah, I can't imagine what that must have felt like. I gotta I gotta at least be a part of something like that someday. I think the closest thing I could compare it to was probably like going to the Harry Potter premieres back in like the late two mm-hmm. thousands or something like that at the midnight right. premiere, but or or yeah. even I guess the sequel premiere. Maybe maybe mostly the Force Awakens. But. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nothing like on that level. So right that, now, that's did you did neat. you have a did you have a Harry Potter robe when you went there? You know, I didn't. I didn't have a robe. I had a wand, but I didn't bring it to the premiere for whatever. Ah, so, um, I was. I just <laughs> very quick side tangent at the <laughs> premiere of the seventh part one. I think mm-hmm. uh, I, we got there like an hour early to make sure we got good seats, and there was two guys running around the theater for like the hour leading up to the film. Just like casting spells at each other, it was great. Everyone, like everyone, was getting into it too. Yeah, anyways, yeah. Sidebar, yeah. But um, and also, we should mention not only did they get to watch the first two episodes at all of these locations, but as you can imagine, these people had information that the rest of the general public did not have as to the plot of the episodes, which you and I uh, made active efforts to avoid social media for those four (laughs) or five days. Yes. And, you know, everyone was I mean, I didn't run into anything just overtly spoilery Mm -hmm. on, you know, whenever I would, you know, because when you wake up in the morning, you check your phone for news and all that. You check you go on X. Right. And you (laughs) you take a look at some things. And uh, uh, most of the people were like, oh, this, you know, this is my review. And then they'll do a link or something. So it's not like right there in the tweet. Thank goodness. But it's uh, it's uh, so, yeah, luckily, yeah, I. For the most part, I, I've been avoiding anything Star Wars or Ahsoka over the past week. And also, to be fair, the first two episodes, now having seen them, and, and I would assume hopefully everyone listening and watching this has seen the first two episodes at this point. Um, and now having seen it, there's not like a ton that happened in the first two episodes that would yeah. be like a huge spoiler to the trajectory of the show. I think in terms of everything that happened, there was definitely some cool things that we learned. Yeah. But nothing that like dramatically alters what our view of the show was going mm-hmm. to be going into it. So, right. Um, I think that's intentional in why they allowed yeah. people to see the. First that's a good point. That's actually really. a very good point. That yeah, the because of the content of the two episodes that they're like, yeah, you could have this, and right. also it yeah. looks really cool for you know thousands of these uh, fans to be together and stuff like that. Yeah. So kudos yeah. on Disney. Good job on that one. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely new pieces of content, but nothing that was like. You know, oh my gosh, that's gonna change everything. You know, right? But we'll talk about a few of those cool new pieces as well here in a bit. Uh, before we officially do our deep dive into the episodes themselves, uh, the last piece of information—well, I guess two more quick pieces. The first of which is that for those that don't know, and I'm I'm guilty of this as well because I was very uninformed on what Rebel Moon is. Mm-hmm. Um, this is apparently something that was pitched to Disney upon their acquisition of Lucasfilm by Zack Snyder. If you don't know who Zack Snyder is, he's a, a pretty well-known director and filmmaker, probably 
most well known, at least his, in terms of his recent films, is probably Justice League would be his most well known one. Uh, if if you're and a the Justice Snyder League, cut, and the Snyder right, cut. yeah, the Snyder cut of the Justice League, which made the movie infinitely better. Uh, but he pitched this to Disney. They said, "Nah, we don't really want to do this R-rated, you know, Star Wars film." And so, more or less, this is a movie that, of course, Netflix gave Zack Snyder the green light. It's so weird because I saw this, the whole thing. I was like, oh, this is a new Star Wars movie. I haven't heard anything about this. And then I asked you about it, and you're like, well, technically it's not Star Wars. And I'm like, what are you talking about? There's a lightsaber in the trailer. So <laughs> a couple. I, yeah, I don't know how they're getting around the copyright infringement here. They're going to call them like, what did we say? Illumination sabers or something yeah, like no, that? No, illumination but, swords. Yeah. Illumination yeah. swords, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it looks great. It, it looks really it looks stunning. So it looks good. cool. It's just Star Wars adjacent, technically. So this is mm -hmm. not this is not canon. This is not actual Star Wars lore. But it is drawing heavy influence from the world of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess I have, like, a brief one-sentence description of what okay. the plot is. Uh, it's, When a colony on the edge of the galaxy finds itself threatened by the armies of the tyrannical regent... Ballasterius? They dispatch a young woman with a mysterious past to seek out warriors from neighboring planets to help them take a stand. So, wow. you know, it, it feels like it's sort of taking something from Anakin's story, mm -hmm. and that this young woman yeah. with the mysterious past is somehow like a chosen one, per se. Right. I, you know, I could... I, I have no idea the direction they're going to go with this. There's almost like some crossover with Harry Potter elements too, mm. like that. If you're watching the video version, there's like this giant spider thing, and, and then there was something Ooh. that looked like a hippogriff. If you're familiar with Harry Potter stuff, so uh, yeah, yeah, I love spiders. You know that. Yeah, I, I just I don't really know what to make of this. I don't think a lot of people do. I will definitely see it. I think the fact that it's removed from Star Wars completely will make me far less critical of it. Mm -hmm. And I think I'll just be able to watch it, enjoy it, and say. That was a cool take on what could have been Star Wars. Right. But I wouldn't find it surprising to, having watched the movie at the end of it, be like, yeah, but I'm probably glad it's not part of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. But it looks cool, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it, looks know, like an, it definitely looks like one of these epic-type movies that's got, you know, tons of storylines. And, you know... Like you said, there's very there's parallels to what we we have seen in Star Wars, so I mean I'm definitely gonna watch it too. They even have like what looks like droids as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely gonna I'm definitely gonna watch it. I think there's two parts that were announced. One's gonna be released in December. One's gonna be released in April. I want to say yeah. of next year. Yeah. So yeah, this, I mean this will this will be a, a cool a cool movie to, to watch, but. You know, when we talked about this, uh, when you were gone, you know, me and uh, Chris, when uh, he was guest hosting with uh, with me that week, when we this the news of this came out, uh, it's going to be hard to not compare it to Star Wars, knowing the history behind it. That this could have been Star Wars, or this—I don't know how close it was—but the fact that Zack Snyder even went on record to say, "Well, I pitched this to Disney," and they said no, then you're like, "Well." You know, obviously, you're just like, well, this could have been, I you know, Star I'm, Wars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely elements, like you said. So, it's going to be, it'll be fun to watch. I think it'll be fun to watch. And, uh, 
it could be a what it could be like the what if version you know how marvel had what if true yeah maybe this is like a what if of uh, of star wars yeah there you go i i just i'll see it i'm yeah. i'm just not sure it, it feels so vast the trailer is long and i don't i don't even know the direction and so there's yeah. a lot that remains to be seen with it but i, I think it could be good Zack snyder never disappoints yeah. Uh, Rebel Moon, again, coming out in two parts, the first of which in December, I believe, and again, the second of which, uh, pretty sure that's in April. So mm -hmm. be on the lookout for uh, this Star Wars-adjacent film coming to a theater near you here in a few months. Oh, the Netflix near you. Or Netflix near <laughs> you, I should say, yeah. Actually, that takes... Okay, last thought, then we can move on from Rebel Moon. I think that takes away from the experience a little sure. bit. Sure, yeah. This yeah. looks like a theater movie for me. Just, it really yeah. does. Anyways. Rebel Moon, what, what what happens with that remains to be. So the very last thing we want to say, again, before we start really diving into Ahsoka, is that we have a little bit of a surprise announcement, so much so that there's a little bit of secrecy associated with it, I guess you could say, uh, only because we're not exactly sure for what the final details of it are going to be. But um, in the next probably three-ish weeks, we could say three or four weeks, we're going to be uh, guests on another podcast in the very near future and potentially there might be guests on our podcast as well depending on how uh, our guest appearance on this other podcast goes and how the conversations go so uh, be on the lookout and stay tuned hopefully we'll be able to announce more about that perhaps next week and definitely no later than two weeks from now so uh yeah new uh we're guests we're gonna be guests on another podcast here in the near future we gotta, we gotta be in our best behavior right yeah exactly <laughs> it it might be Star Wars related. You never know. <laughs> it's definitely Star Wars related. <laughs> yes. Well, okay. We've got the news behind us. Now we're ready to start talking about Ahsoka. Before we talk about anything specific, um, overall thoughts and impressions, not necessarily with the individual episodes, but just how you yeah. felt like the first two collectively matched up with what your expectation was going into it. So I think... One thing I, I had to adjust was my views on how the characters are portrayed. Because we remember them from, you know, animated series. And for the most part, animated series are, are going to be a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit more funny, you know. So you can't necessarily bring all of that to live action and make it kind of a re realistic type of view, you know. so. I think I, I didn't, I wouldn't say I struggled and I think I adapted pretty quick, but I think that's an important thing to do while watching the show. So, um, but other than all that, it pretty much met exactly what I, you know, it, it met my expectations, kind of the things that I wanted to see in it. And, uh, I was, I was very happy with it. What about you? Yeah, I, I would agree as well. I was I think my fear of it not meeting my expectation was greater than my hope that it would be amazing, if that makes sense. Sure. I was I was more afraid that it would be bad than hopeful that it would be good. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. But it turns out that not only was it not bad, it definitely met, if not uh, exceeded my expectations. So yes. I, I just, I enjoyed the way the characters were portrayed, both new and old. Um, it was a lot of the, the planets, especially, um, Arcana was a new one we got. Mm -hmm. Of course, we got to see Corellia, which, uh, has been 
you know, part of Star Wars lore is long as old as uh, the franchise itself. And then um, the the final, oh man, that final planet, which is, the name is escaping me right now, but the one with the rock formation uh, that they put the map in. Cedos? Cedos, yes. Yeah. At the, at the, in episode two, just the, the landscapes of the planets I thought were very unique. I, I liked the way they looked. And then of course, uh, the music was particularly surprising as well. Yeah, that that was that was another, uh, you know, on, on par with Mandalorian music, I would say. Right. But the, of... I felt like this one, there was a lot of deriving or, you know, yes. from the original score yes. of the movies. Absolutely. Like I, I th- there were many times when I kind of raised my eyebrow and I kind of sat up like straighter. I'm like, oh, is that? Oh. It's not, you know, (laughs) but I thought, you know, there, yeah, the music was really something in these episodes. Yeah, definitely added to the experience. Just okay to to hop into the beginning of the first episode, Mm -hmm. the opening. What did it remind you of when Balin and Shin, these two dark Jedi, were not Jedi, but were not Sith? You know, what -hmm. did that remind you of them uh, boarding this ship? It it honestly reminded me of Qui Gon and Obi Wan. Um, okay. First, first kind of showing up. I mean, not as dark as they did, but <laughs> when they first showed up on the was it the Federation ship? I can't remember where they yeah, originally the, the on in Phantomies. Yeah, yeah, the Trade Federation ship. I think that's where they, the first scene in there. That's kind of where we kind of saw them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of gave me those vibes, just because it's two Jedi. Obviously, these weren't as uh, Balin had told us later that they are not Jedi. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I felt when I first saw that scene. What about you? Did you have something in mind? I did. Yeah. And it's funny. I'm glad you said that. Cause I didn't, I didn't pick up on the, the Qui-Gon Obi-Wan dynamic, but I, I definitely can see it. Um, I was thinking of, and this is maybe a little bit more of a deeper, a deep cut, but, um, in one of the trailers for the Star Wars Old Republic, uh, mm-hmm. game, there's one where Malgus and his master oh, board the ship. I- yeah, I think I remember that uh, one, yeah. The beginning of, of this scene reminds me of that as they're both kind of, you know, walking through the hangar bay. Uh, but then the second half of the opening scene reminded me a lot, especially Balin and his taking on the Rebel Guards, reminded me a lot of the scene in uh, both Rogue One at the end where Darth Vader's, you know, taking out the Rebels. And then as well as the beginning of New Hope where he's, you know, on the of four as well. So yeah, uh, those are just a few... You know, minor callbacks, not sure how intentional they were. Probably at some level, there was a little bit of intentionality behind those. But um, all that to say, I think the characters of Balin and Shin are great. I'm excited to see where they lead uh, Mm -hmm. or where the show takes us with their characters in particular. Something that I don't know if we want to talk about right now, but we noted during our reaction um, is, of course, well, a couple things, I guess. The first being... Uh, that Balin is a former Jedi, was alive yep. during Order 66, and we know from trailers that he knows Anakin, his apparent Padawan. I don't even know if he would use that word for Shin, but the reason I use that word is because Shin has a braid, which mm-hmm. is customary of Padawans, for those, of course, that have seen the, the prequel right. trilogy, you know this, and um, that is a particularly not Sith thing. Right. The, the braid itself, you know, it, yes. it indicates to me that they are not evil. And I think there's a lot of other hints at their lack of 
villainy throughout the first two episodes and we can we can probably talk about those as we go through it yeah um but that was something as well that i wanted to bring up when it comes to those two they're definitely two of the characters i'm i'm most excited to to see where we go with them and then of course right. the reason they're on that ship at the beginning is because they're breaking out elspeth yeah morgan elspeth yeah the uh the magistrate yes has, has returned who also is one of the more surprising uh, twists and turns of these first two episodes that we learn, and that she is actually in some way related or perhaps the daughter or granddaughter of a Night Sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for those that don't know who the Night Sisters are in the Clone Wars, uh, you might be familiar with Asajj Ventress. That's yes. perhaps the most familiar. Night sister mm-hmm. or Absolutely. night sister adjacent person. So, um, the night sisters were kind of this group of um, witches, more or less, that were all under this this other more powerful witch who rivaled even the power of uh, Palpatine. At sometimes, her name was Mother Townsend. And so, all this mm-hmm. to say, Morgan Elsbeth, the magistrate who we see in the second season of Mandalorian uh, fighting Ahsoka, uh, is a descendant of the witches of Dathomir. So yeah, that was pretty, a nice little pretty cool. Inclusion. That was a, and I don't know if we're going to get more info on that. I don't, I don't see how we can, but I mean, definitely a cool callback and tie in to the clone wars era. Yeah. You I think, think we will. Okay. I think we will only because I think this is meant to tie into the direction. Dave Filoni wants to go with Ahsoka mm-hmm. and, the, and more largely star Wars. I think star Wars is headed more towards, it has been for a while with Rebels, too, I would say. But I think it's mm-hmm. headed more towards mysticism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the live-action inclusion of of the Witches of Dathomir in, mm. in the form of uh, Morgan Elsbeth, and especially, like, the, you know, how it relates to the world between worlds and how she used the magic right. in order to see the map. I just, I, I feel, it all feels... Um, like it's really playing into the world of Clone Wars and Rebels, the aspects of it that have been kind of withheld from live-action Star Wars up until this point. Okay, now you got me excited. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the planets we mentioned already is actually the home of the Night Sisters, and that's sort of where our story begins after the opening scene with Balin and Shin breaking out the Magistrate. Uh, is called Arcana or Arcana, probably Arcana. If I had, I think I remember correctly. Uh, and Ahsoka is there in order to retrieve what looked like an Indiana Jones mission for there for a few <laughs> minutes, but uh, it is this circular or maybe spherical golden, uh, you know, ultimately it's a map, is what I'm trying to get at. But yeah, I guess we don't really know that for the first few minutes, but. Um, she's trying to get this map in order to find the location of both Ezra and Thrawn and also keep it out of the hands of the magistrate who wants it to find Thrawn as well. For that, we're not really... We're kind of in the dark as to what mm-hmm. especially the motivations of Balin and Shin are and why they're helping the magistrate, but even why the magistrate wants to get to Thrawn. We don't really understand right. the why yet. I think, well... I mean, he mentioned as much as, you know, getting a payment out of this. So I don't know. And I think Ahsoka even alludes to that as well. So is he just a mercenary type of person who just, you know, she, he got, they got hired for a job 
you know, much like them, you know, remember the Mandalorians, how they kind of had their different groups that some were just, you know, mm-hmm. full blown regular Mandalorians, but then there are others that are like kind of for hire and will do whatever you need. And, you know, so I, I wonder if that's the same type of dynamic for, uh, for Balin and Shin as well. I think, if, and I'm spitballing here, I think that's their cover. Okay. I, like, there, I think there's something more that they want I out of this. I think so too. Yeah. But yeah. their cover is that they're doing it for the money. Right. Yeah. But I, yeah, because, yeah, like you said, they're the most, in, they're very interesting because the way they played off of each other, it was very like, are you sure this is what we, you know, like, yeah. They're, they're not sure. They're not quite sure exactly where, yes. where we're going to end up with them. But especially quick, Shin, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Quick side note if you're watching the video, version of the podcast there's a little smirk that ahsoka gives here that absolutely gave me some like clone wars vibes ahsoka just like you know she just after she completes something she's like yeah i did that you know and then she kind of moves <laughs> on for to the next thing so yeah i i'm i'm enjoying the like i said earlier in order to make it into live action you've got to not make it so animated you know you don't have mm-hmm. to have all of the, the the funny little puns and jokes and all that but I think they did a good job at, you know, integrating a, a couple things here and there that um ca- kind of keeps the character true. Yeah. Yeah, and even like speaking to the sort of inclusion of, you know, the the cartoon in live action and making the live action its own thing while still trying to draw from the cartoon, uh, in the scene where she steals the map, we see these engravings on the walls that almost look like these separate beings. Uh, and I think I we were unsure as we were watching it whether those like statue like things on the walls were supposed to be uh, I think what's what were called the wills from the sixth season of Clone Wars and the Yoda episode. Oh right, yes. Mm-hmm. Or whether they were supposed to be the Mortis gods, uh, the father, the son, and the daughter from you know more. Well, I guess that's Clone Wars and Rebels, but yeah, mm-hmm. it kind of had the way that they were illustrated on the engravings on the walls reminded me of that but the way they kind of incorporate the animated stuff into the live action i do really enjoy the way that looks yeah uh, and then right right after wait, she steals wait, can you hold on one second hold on one second yeah absolutely it's like breaking the action here to let you all know <laughs> that uh okay star- the third episode is going to be uh premiering on the 29th oh at the same yes. time We'll be here right, reacting back. to it. We back, we back. No, we no, back. you're good. Right. <laughs> um, so right after Ahsoka steals the map, uh, she is confronted with these five assassin droids, which are something similar to the uh, droids that General Grievous employs in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, did you feel like those posed any threat? <laughs> no, I never do. I mean, those those are the droids that are annoying in the video game. You know, when you when you're you're fighting the main boss or you have to get to the boss and you have to get past like four or five of these first, I, you know, so I knew she'd slice them up real nice. But I got to say, I did not expect them to explode so heavily, basically taking down the entire area of like a square mile. <laughs> yeah. Like, how did that how did that explosive get, you know, inside three assassin droids. That was like a like a atomic bomb or something. I, I mean, why don't you start with that? I yeah, mean, right? yeah, that's what we said. Why not just drop a bunch of these droids on <laughs> you know areas you want to? I don't know. 
But yeah, she uh, proves to be no match for the assassin droids. There was a really cool scene in here that reminded me of, uh, I think it's in, it's in Revenge of the Sith when Anakin and Obi Wan at one point like put their lightsabers through the floor. Yes, yes, uh, yes. And she does that, although she does it kind of reverse. She does it from underneath, and one from of the underneath. droids and falls through the hole. And that's one of the. That's that feels like a Clone Wars move, you know, yeah. from the from the from the animated series. So that's For why sure. and we even laughed at that, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Givo Givo letting us know what if she chopped the droid right on uh, on the bombs inside of them. Yeah, then what? <laughs> Bluey, so this would be a answer. very very fast series. One one episode would be done. Yeah. <laughs> um, she does escape with the kind of primary. Well, yeah, I was surprised. I was expecting Chopper to get a lot of airtime. Mm-hmm. I thought Chopper was going to be sort of our primary droid for this series, but I, it looks like it's going to be Hu Yang, who is the um, sort of companion to Ahsoka on this mission. And also, perhaps most importantly, provides us, uh, apart from Ahsoka, maybe even more of a connection to the Jedi and the prequel trilogy, because... Uh, all this database of information is just housed within Hu Yang. And we see that later in the show where, you know, when Ahsoka tasks him with identifying the lightsabers of these two unknown perpetrators, of course, Balin and, and Shin, he is able to do that by tracing it through Jedi archives and records and say, oh, well, that's the lightsaber that was Balin's. So I think this is going to come into play at some point in the show. And I also wouldn't be shocked if we sadly lose Hu Yang in this first season. I was season. thinking the same thing just now. Yep. Only because, like, how convenient is it to have that? I feel like at some point it has to be this story of, like, tragically losing your connection to the past. Right. Because that's, I mean, that's a pretty big advantage right there. Yeah, it is. I what did you think yeah. about the like, character as a whole, Hu Yang? Did you feel like it was a, a welcome addition? Oh, I think so. I mean, there's always. You know, you you know, droids are one of the staples of Star Wars. I would agree. I kind of assumed Chopper would be a little bit more uh, in the foreground around, but as we know, he's he's more around with uh, when Hera is around. So, uh, yeah, no, I think uh, I think Hu Yang is a great character, voiced by David Tennant. I believe we we've mm-hmm. figured out right. So I think he's he's Doctor Who. I think he's one of the Doctor Who's. Yeah, you in our reaction, you mentioned that right away. You're like, is that David Tennant? It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, maybe, yeah. So it's uh very cool to 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 have, well, one have David Tennant as one of the voices, but also, I yeah, to have a droid being that informational, I think is good early on to just these two episodes really set the tone. Like was a was really like. This is what's what you've missed if you haven't watched Rebels, if you haven't watched a lot of the Star Wars stuff. Here's the stuff that you need to know, you know. So I think that's kind of where he filled in, and especially with conversations with what you know he had with Sabine as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely a, a link in many ways as well for those that perhaps haven't seen some of the previous Ahsoka content. Uh, and, and you mentioned, I think I don't know if we've talked about her yet. Hera, um, mm-hmm. shortly after recovering the map, this is someone who Ahsoka meets with, and then, of course, after meeting with Hera. I, I, we should mention, because there's probably people listening to this podcast who are like, who in the world is that green lady? <laughs> uh, if you're not familiar with Star Wars Rebels, you it's fair to say you probably don't know who Hera Syndulla is. Um, but Hera is one of the uh, five, or 
six, one, two, three, four, six, if you include Chopper, uh, six members of the Ghost, who is the kind of the central crew of, of Star Wars Rebels, and also in Star Wars Rebels, the, the love interest of Kanan Jarrus, and um, sort of the mom of the group in a way. And so this is even removed from that. So she's a little bit older here and um, still obviously cares a lot about Sabine. And, and when she speaks with Ahsoka, that's kind of one of the things she says to her is, you know who could help you with that map? Right. Because the map has very artistic qualities to it. Sabine, also, if you haven't seen Rebels, Sabine is a very artistic person. It's, it's uh, pretty commonly made a point in that show that she's very artsy and so uh having been recommended by Hera Ahsoka's like well I guess we got to go visit Sabine uh, and we also learned through the episode that Ahsoka and Sabine have some sort of past that takes place between the end of episode uh, of season four of Rebels excluding the epilogue of course and the beginning of the Ahsoka show. Like, she has made attempts to train her in the past at some point mm -hmm. between the end of Rebels and the beginning of Ahsoka. Because there's a little bit of bad blood between... The, not, I don't know bad blood. That might yeah. be too strong. But you can sense that there's a little bit of uncomfortability. And we even learned that Ahsoka was sort of the one that walked away from right. Sabine, similar to how she walked away from Anakin in some ways. So, How did you feel about their relationship dynamic? And, and I think especially it was... the first episode. If you would have told me coming out of Rebel season four that this is where they would have ended up, I would have not believed you because I would have, because, you know, up until the end of season four of Rebels, there was no talk really of Sabine, be, Sabine being <laughs> trained to become a Jedi or anything. But there is a couple episodes where she's training with Kanan, but I don't I forget if that's what more for Darksaber training and how to kind of fight with it. I don't remember it being necessarily like a Jedi training crash course type of thing. Um, that was more for Ezra. But to to have them in this situation, like to have their relationship at this point, I thought it was really cool. You know, it's it, it definitely brought something different. I mean, it wasn't a huge surprise because the trailer really kind of showed a lot of that, calling her master and things like that. So we kind of knew that. But I mean, here... You know, you could tell that there was a little bit of tension. Something had not gone right. Um, but ultimately, you know, Ahsoka does, you know, reach out to Sabine and, you know, give her gives her the map, gives her the little cylinder Indiana Jones thing or uh, circular <laughs> Indiana Jones thing uh, to help figure them out, figure it out and how to how to open it. So I think it was it was just a really cool way to kind of continue on their story without. You know, because at some point we're going to learn all about that too. We're going to learn all about the training and everything involved uh, the first time around. So mm -hmm. I think I think that's smart too from a storyline standpoint because it's going to give you more. You know, it's going to give you more content uh, eventually. Yeah, I will say if I was being incredibly picky, this was one of the two parts of the episode that bothered me a little bit. Okay, only because the way she solved the puzzle yeah was she she turned three things to match a symbol and yeah. i think i as we were watching i was like well i probably could have done that i didn't have to like right, sit right, there yeah. and you know contemplate about it for right. a couple hours i could have just started turning stuff and hoping i mean yeah <laughs> at least make it like a rubik's cube 
you know, like a little yeah. bit more difficult. More than it three. Was, it was probably like three or four moves that she got into there. So I know I, I agree with you on that. But, you know, I, here's one thing that I will say about the episodes is that this scene, the puzzle like solving scenes were actually pretty long. If you go back and look at them, yeah. this one and the one with Ahsoka earlier on, they were probably about four or five minutes each, you know, so it was and I. I mentioned this during the reaction as well. This feels like a movie. You know, this, yes. this this felt like a movie. The way the music was composed, kind of some of the shots, these long, you know, uh, stretches of, you know, one thing happening. So, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was, but I can also see there. I have seen some reviews where people felt like it was a little slow. I could see that too, though. The I, first I, episode, I, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first episode there were scenes where like Sabine is like figuring the puzzle out, Ahsoka's mm-hmm. doing the puzzle. I didn't feel like there was too many of those though in the second episode. Mm-mm, I agree. And there oh, I hope there's not any of those in the third episode. I mean, that episode's only going to be <laughs> half an hour long next week. Better yeah. not be. But yeah, I I get what you're saying. In fact, you I think right when we finished and we're going to be ranking our uh both the episodes on a scale of 1 to 10 at the end of today's podcast. Um you had mentioned right when it ended, your like fresh gut reaction was that you liked the second one a little bit more. Is that right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And m- maybe that could be part of the reason why. Like there wasn't yeah, as yeah, much. Yeah, that's true. You know, it didn't downtime feel as drawn out. Yeah, exactly. Not as much downtime. Uh, another fun thing we saw kind of during this Lothal sequence, which is of course where uh, Sabine has been living this whole time. We got to see Riker in live action for the first time. That was pretty cool. Again, if you haven't yes. seen Rebels, Riker. Uh, is someone who you think is a double agent for a while, but it turns out he was just like pretending to be a double agent, was actually just trying to help the rebels all along. So um, it was cool to see him in live. I'm familiar with this actor. I wish I knew his name. I've definitely... Yeah, we've definitely seen him before. I don't remember his name either. Yeah, I mean, he he's he depicts Riker pretty well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But... And also, live action Lothcats. <laughs> Can we talk live about action how... loath cats? <laughs> Can we talk about how cool those those little little buggers are? They were drawn so accurately to the way they look in yeah. Rebels. This is another great yeah. example of a yeah. I don't I don't I don't know what uh, everyone else's opinions are on them, but I thought they were uh, they were super cute, and I want to bring one home. I want I want loath wolves now. I I got yeah. loath cats. I'm I'm pretty happy. <laughs> I just I would love some loath wolves too, though. I'm just nice. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, we got to we got a chance to see Riker. We got to see Loath Cats. Uh, the next thing, of course, we've kind of already mentioned a little bit is that we learned that Morgan Elsbeth, the magistrate, is a night sister, or in other words, uh, a witch, or, or perhaps a descendant of the night sisters. I yeah. guess we're mm-hmm. not exactly sure what level of involvement she has in terms of being a night sister herself, but she is right. practicing like. Some sort of magic mm-hmm. in the second episode to get the map to work. So right. I think it's fair to assume that we can just call her Night Sister at this point. Yeah, I think so too. This was one of the pieces of information that that we referenced at the beginning of the episode where the fans that got to see the two early. Like this is something that would have been really cool that I would have been disappointed to have spoiled for me. Oh but absolutely. It, it wouldn't have been like like shattering to me to learn this and I wouldn't have been like heartbroken that i didn't get to experience it myself mm-hmm. but having said that i am glad yeah. i got to experience this is it. very much me reading about zeb in mandalorian this this is <laughs> yeah. this is this is what it is if yes. i would have seen that 
she was a night sister on Twitter or X, that's I would have had the exact same feeling. <laughs> For those that maybe have uh, become a listener of the Hot Hangout podcast recently, or or if you've been listening for a long time and didn't uh, listen to our episode when we were reviewing, uh, uh, I think that was an Andor episode back. Oh, maybe, maybe that was Andor. Yeah, yeah. A few. Well, he was in Andor at, at yeah, yeah, the. That's uh, what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, when we were reviewing the Andor episode with live action Zeb in it, Joey had seen was it an image or a video that was like a yeah. spoiler that Zeb was in it? Was so, so upset. Yeah, thankfully but that's kind it. of the only time that's happened to either one of us. Yeah, at least yeah. since we've started podcasting. So, um, to pick back up with the story though, uh, Shin, the apprentice to um. The Balin, the one with the uh, the Padawan braid that we talked about earlier, is sent to Lothal by Elspeth to kill Sabine, along with some assassin droids. The assassin droids are actually the first ones to, to get to her. Uh, all in all, the assassin droids end up, uh, after she puts up a good fight, stealing the map from Sabine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, what did you think about the lightsaber fight between Shin and... and uh, uh, Sabine. It was kind of the climax of that first episode. Yeah, I think I, the you could tell that Shin had the upper hand <laughs> the entire time, and because there were many there were many moments where she was kind of just completely thrashing on Sabine, and you know, I mean, Sabine was holding her own for the most part, but you kind of knew she was overpowered, and I, I think even at the beginning of that fight, um. Sabine has, you know, she's the first one to ignite her lightsaber, by the way, is Ezra's lightsaber, as we've, mm-hmm. we've come to discover. Um, so you could almost see, like, a bit of confidence. Is it her lightsaber, or is it oh, Ezra's true, lightsaber? Yeah. That's true, yeah, that's is the it, point. Hu according Yang, to Hu Yang, Yang it's Hu her Yang, lightsaber yeah, now. Right, yeah. So when she ignites her lightsaber, I'll say that now. <laughs> I'm um, kidding, yeah. Uh, she has a little bit of confidence, a little swagger. But then when Shin lights her, she's like, oh, no, you have one, too. You know, so it seemed like, you know, because, I mean, how would she have known? How would she have known that she was going to also wield a lightsaber? So, right. Uh, and she gave a little bit of a like, oh, I might be in trouble here. Um, and I'm going to say this. The stabbing <laughs> a lightsaber through the torso is is the new slicing of a hand in star wars it's not even that bad at least like a slicing of a hand you lose an appendage like a stab of the torso it's like no no no. i'm saying the the frequency of it now oh i see what you're saying (laughs) yeah yeah we're gonna see a lot more people surviving these lightsabers through the torso listen i'm glad she's alive okay yeah of course of course (laughs) but that i mean you you this doesn't make sense that you we keep this keeps happening Qui-Gon I mean, is rolling over in his Qui-Gon, grave thinking, how many people are going to get stabbed yeah. by lightsabers and live? This is right. so dumb. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag Qui-Gon lives. That's what, that's what we got to start doing here. But yeah, so I, I think, yeah, I, I'm not understanding why that's like canon now <laughs> everywhere, right. you know, because we keep seeing it over and over again. I mean, but, you know, let's remember, though, Darth Maul survived, <laughs> you know, and we kind of... Fair. Not say that we didn't question it, because um, we did when we saw him for the first time. But then after a while, we're like, "All right, he's he's around, whatever." So, what's a little what's a little prick into the torso if this dude got his entire 
entire bottom half sliced up you know i don't know the science of zabrex or whatever but (laughs) or the anatomy of them maybe they all their vital organs are actually above wherever he got cut but um just uh i we're we're seeing a lot of it and I'm, i'm not a huge fan of it to be honest but it's one of those things you're just like well this is happening time and time again i guess it happened here again it wasn't just that she got stabbed it was that like 24 48 hours later it looked like like she had like accidentally burned herself with something in a you know like a circular like piece of yeah. metal or something had accidentally like burned <laughs> right. her like no you had a lightsaber through your torso right, just yeah. yesterday cuz so. at least in in the the case of Reva in Kenobi the next time you see her she's like real bad shape she's kind of limping around mm-hmm. you know she's trying to chase Luke on on <laughs> on Tatooine and yeah so at least she had signs of like not being fully recovered. Yeah. However quickly Sabine recovered, I don't know what kind of back to tanks they got over there in Lothal, <laughs> but I think they got the good stuff there. They got the good back to. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And in the process, uh, she loses the map too. Shin takes the map and, and escapes and of course brings it to Elsbeth, which is kind of how the second episode starts. Uh, do you do you want to rank the first episode before we start talking about the second episode, or do you want to rank them both at the end? We'll, we'll we'll do them both at the end, I think. Okay, okay. So, kind of the beginning of the second episode, Sabine wakes up from being stabbed in the torso by Shin, and she's like, "Oh, I'm fine. I can go. <laughs> I can help. I can do everything." Yeah, of course. Yeah, and she tells Ahsoka that she's lost the map, and Ahsoka is just like, "You've helped enough. I don't." I don't need she doesn't say that I need your I don't need your help, but she does say you've helped enough or yeah. something to that effect. Right. I'm and yeah, we even we even we even questioned like, was that a compliment or is that, you know, a teacher telling the student something or a mom telling the daughter, like, I'm not I'm not uh, mad, I'm just disappointed. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um and in the process Ahsoka recovers, I think it's the uh, well, actually, there's still one droid, assassin droid left. She recovers mm-hmm. the head of the assassin droid, brings it back, and Sabine is able to figure out that uh, it was sent from Corellia. And then Ahsoka's like, okay, by Morgan Elsbeth, she used to have uh, like a headquarter at the factory there or something like that. Uh, and so that's where they decide to take their visit, both Ahsoka and Hera go. Sabine wants to go, and Ahsoka's but, like but she's got that paper cut, you know. She got yep. she got to make sure she's okay. She got a paper cut on her tummy, so she's got to stay in bed, and then she'll be better the next day. <laughs> um, it also it also is the scene where I think it's later in the episode, but when Ahsoka is with Hu Yang, uh, Hu Yang, that's the moment when Hu Yang says, "You know, this is your lightsaber now. You've made yeah, modifications, yeah, right, yeah. but it's not Ezra's anymore." I didn't know how I felt about that in the moment. I don't think I have as negative of a reaction to it as I did when I first heard it. Mm-hmm. I was a little defensive. I was like, no, that's Ezra's lightsaber, not hers. <laughs> right, right. Well, you could make that whole argument with Luke's lightsaber and where it had been also Anakin's and Obi-Wan had it for a while. And so, or the, the first blue lightsaber, right? The uh, The traveling saber, as I like to call it. <laughs> The traveling saber of the that the, the brotherhood of the traveling saber, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah, right. Nice. Um, when they when they visit Corellia, which of course is, uh, I believe, where uh, it's what 
not only is it what the uh, Millennium Falcon what planet that is from, I think Han Solo is also from Corellia, if I'm right, not yes. mistaken. Um, Kira. Yeah, and Kira, for those that have seen uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Shout out to... Um, um, <laughs> what's her name? I know her as Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah, that's um, fine. Amelia Clark, Clark. Amelia Clark, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, I'm sorry I ranked you last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when they visit this factory on Corellia, they find out that like, there's kind of this secret group of people there who are still you know, supporters of the Empire and, and mm-hmm. hating Morgan Elsbeth and her mission to gather these uh, Star Destroyer, Super Star Destroyer hyperdrive cores, which, if you don't understand what that means, big parts of big ships that make it go really fast <laughs> is, yep. is essentially the gist, and that they're collecting a lot of, they want lots of the big things that make it go fast, is the way I would right, yeah. summarize it. <laughs> Um, that was a fun scene too because you kind of got to see a remnant of the empire mm-hmm. uh, and how I, I like that because I think it gives credence to the idea that things aren't black and white. Like, oh, yeah, we don't have an empire anymore. Everyone's everyone's a, a rebel now. You know, right. like things don't change overnight. So I I, I felt like that that added to the story because it kind of just supported the idea of realism that there's going to be people on both sides and that change doesn't happen overnight. Right. Absolutely. Uh, this guy here, what'd you think of him? If you're watching the video version of the podcast, uh, yeah, I, ref- I don't remember his name, but he, he is one of the doctors on house. I remember. So that's not only yeah. how, my only reference to him. I think he did pretty good for the small role that he had the, the little quite little snarky guy that, wants to continue on to, um, you know, do the work of the Empire, as we later find out, but really try to keep it under wraps. I think it's, uh, I think they, uh, I think he did, I think he did a pretty good job, though. Yeah, I, I enjoyed his his performance a lot. And even at the end of the episode, you kind of see him getting led away, and he's, yeah. he's uh, you know, not in the position anymore of guarding the cargo or overseeing the, the right. disassembly of the, the Star Destroyers and their parts. Um, so all during this, I guess we'll come back to the scene where Ahsoka jumps out and fights Merrick here in a second. Uh, but during this time, of course, Elsbeth has obtained the map from Balin and Shin, uh, and she activates the map on this planet of, again, you had the name, is it Cedos? Cedos? C-A-T-O-S, yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, and she activates it, of course, using the Night Sister magic, which was I, a particularly part of the episode i yes. thought i just i i just love the inclusion of the night sister stuff yes i, think I it's agree a, it's a nice touch and ultimately the outcome of this is that they see this star map uh, and what's known as paradia uh, in other words this distant galaxy which paradia is kind of it, it uh i feel like we could do a whole podcast on just <laughs> the concept of what that means for star wars like, like the tagline of Star Wars is in a galaxy far, far away. Like, this is something that exists outside of everything we know about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. This is not in that galaxy far, far away. This is a different galaxy far, <laughs> far away. Right, right. And this is where Thrawn and Ezra apparently are. So um, what this does for future Star Wars is I think it it offers a gateway to creativity if you will sure 
Like if something doesn't fit with the narrative of the galaxy far, far away, we can mm -hmm. go to Paradia, the Wait, other galaxy far, far away. I have an I, I have an idea. Yeah, you're telling me that Rebel Moon. Is it all there. it all connects. <laughs> I love that actually. That's a great fan theory. Nice. I wonder if anyone else has thought of that so far. Here you we guys are. heard it here. Joey is the originator. <laughs> Of the Rebel Moon Paradia fan theory. There you go. Nailed it. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, and then actually Balin also says during this scene that Paradia is actually a myth that was told to children in the Jedi Temple. So again, another mm. sort of inclusion of the lore of the prequel trilogy into Ahsoka. Um, so that whole scene was, was very interesting. And... In the trailers, we got a scene where Balin ignites his lightsaber on this planet in this little rock formation. And mm -hmm. that was not in either of these first two episodes. That's right. So yeah, yeah. If I had to guess, I would assume we see Ahsoka and Balin have a lightsaber fight probably pretty early on in the third episode at this location. Uh, as to where the magistrate will be, if, is she already in Paradia? Who knows? She's on Rebel Moon. She's on Rebel Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, the conclusion that the episode comes to is that these uh, Superstar Destroyer hyperdrive cores are being collected by Elsbeth in order to kind of attach them to one of those jump rings, which effectively yeah. this giant jump ring is what's known as the Eye of Scion. Um, and should also mention that the way that they are going to know how to find this Eye of Scion in the next episode is that in the commotion where Ahsoka is fighting the Inquisitor-like character Merrick, who hasn't said any words yet, I will also add, still hoping that's Beresafi, um, <laughs> that uh, Hera is tracking down this transport that's carrying the core, and <laughs> this was like Chopper's main contribution to the two episodes, yeah. tosses the tracker onto the ship. That was kind and of I'll, fun. And I'll go back to getting those feels from Rebels the interaction between Hera and Chopper in the in those scenes was very much a rebels type of discussion. You know, yeah. you know, telling telling him where things are and him being snarky back to her. And I thought it was uh it, it definitely gave me a, a smile on my face for that one. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope we get to see more of Chopper. The the translation from him of Rebels to Ahsoka, I thought they did a, again a great job on yes. that too. Uh, any also, thoughts on? Yeah. Oh yeah, what, I don't want to uh, cut your off, cut off your thought. What were you gonna say? No, also no. I was gonna say Chopper also in Rogue One. If you look in the background. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the ghost <laughs> is a Easter egg in Rogue One. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, what did you think about the character of Merrick? It's hard to really say much because we that, really yeah, only saw much, lightsaber but skills. Definitely intriguing. Definitely somebody that we need to. We will learn more about. Um, this wasn't just a random. You don't put this person randomly in into the story without having a good storyline with them too. So I'm excited to see what uh, what they bring of bring with Merrick. Yeah, I I think the secrecy of the character, the identity itself, is going to be something hopefully that's revealed this season. Mm -hmm. Um, but we'll see. Again, still still hoping for Barris Offy. Me personally, and, and at the at the risk of putting you into this. Uh, a, a your what you do about you know when I mention old Republic stuff, Eye of Scion, Darth uh -huh. Scion, isn't yeah. there a Darth Scion and doesn't he have yeah. like a crazy eye? <laughs> uh, I'd have to look up a 
picture of him, but there okay. is a hundred percent a Darth Sion in, okay. in Legends. Any uh, any thoughts that that was that's probably yeah, I could definitely. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if that was the inspiration the for inspiration it. of it. Yeah, um, yeah. As to whether we'll get a reference to Darth Sion, I don't know. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like the name Sion. Yeah, I, I would say it's fair to say that that's probably yeah. a reference to Darth Sion in Legends. Yeah, I, also drive I, didn't, a, I didn't even think of that. I also drive a Sion. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sion, Sion, Sion. Yeah. Um, kind of the. Uh, by the way, I should. I'll also mention that the way that Ahsoka dodges Merrick's lightsaber at the conclusion oh, of so their cool. lightsaber fight is, she just like sidesteps it, and she's like, "Yeah, that wasn't well, gonna she, hit me she anyways." Has, she has two very cool evasion. Uh, he, Merrick throw like throws the double saber at her. She does a backflip mm-hmm. <laughs> to jump over it, and then eventually, like you know, thirty seconds later, when he, they retrieve it, Merrick th- retrieves it back. She just kind of sidesteps it, and just so cool. I, we both like commented on that. We're like, oh, that was very cool. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't say Merrick is the character I'm most excited to learn about because I feel like we don't know a lot. Yeah, but. I would hope at least at some point we do learn more about. I, I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to keep like the most secretive character a secret for the whole season, right, yeah. are they? No, I don't think so. Did you know that Merrick in uh, what is the uh, Star Wars language, Abrash or something? Is, uh, uh, I just thought like, it's called you know, basic the, the language, or yeah, <laughs> I think it's uh, it actually means Ezra. So I think it's Ezra. I'm sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> You heard it here. No, that's it. That's everywhere. Everyone thinks it's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think a reason. See, again, we're going to rank these in a second, so I don't want to say too much mm-hmm. about my thoughts on the episode versus the other episode. But a reason I really liked the second episode is because the way that they concluded the episode. Yes. Tied it in to the epilogue of Rebels. And so what you don't realize. um at the beginning of Ahsoka until the end of episode two is that the end of Ahsoka episode two actually goes directly into the scene, which is in the epilogue of Rebels season four, mm-hmm. where Ahsoka is greeting Sabine as Sabine is looking at the image of the uh, the ghost crew on the stone tablet on the wall. So I-, I thought that was a very neat way to do that. And now having seen that, we know that everything from here on out uh, follows the epilogue of Rebels season four, right? So kind of a kind of a cool uh, thing they did there, and then of course just prior to that, Sabine almost ceremoniously uh, dons her Mandalorian armor, and of and of course cuts her hair, you know, to the the sport the the old Rebels haircut with the shorter hair, and um, at the same time is kind of saying, "All right, I'm ready. Like, mm-hmm. take me back on as your apprentice, master." So. With my light, uh, with my lightsaber, yeah. yeah, and my hole in my stomach, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, my lightsaber and my stomach is fine. I definitely do not get stabbed through the torso. <laughs> um, and then this is kind of like meant to be the end of the episode, and I think we both were expecting it to cut to the end, and and then there's almost like this sixty second snippet where you get to see Elsbeth talking to the trio of Balin, Shin, and Merrick, and I think it's Balin that says something really interesting. Um, you know, uh, Elsbeth is essentially saying, you know, Ahsoka, you have to take care of her like you must kill Ahsoka. 
And Balin says to kill her or to kill Ahsoka would be a shame. And it's weird because he says it so devoid of emotion. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, just the words themselves are implying that, you know, there is a little bit of conflict within him, at least. Yeah. Like he's like he's almost sad that he's going to have to do this, you know? Right. Like there's not that many Jedi left, as I think is also what he says. Um, which gives more reason why there's more to these two characters, maybe even three characters yeah. of uh, of Balin and Shin. And we're not really sure where Merrick lies in the hierarchy, whether he is subservient to Balin or, or whether he, or whether or, or she. Yeah, good, good point. I, yeah, I guess it could. We don't really know who it is, um, whether Merrick is subservient to Balin or whether uh Merrick is the you know pawn of, of Elsbeth and would go against mm -hmm. Balin and Shin if that came to be so right um I I think yeah I just I want to know more about Balin and Shin that's all I'm yep. trying to say that their motivations are not clear to anyone at this point right yeah hot take hot take you ready, you ready yes. for this one I love hot takes what's your hot take I think they're preparing us for something with that yeah. line. Meaning what? Well, to kill Ahsoka would be a shame. I think at some point, maybe not in this season, maybe not in this series Ooh. even. <laughs> you had maybe to bring not it even, up. Not even in this, because that's, that's, I mean, yeah, all of what you said holds true, that there's conflict in, in him, he doesn't want to do it. But that is a pretty, <laughs> that is a pretty big line to even say in a Disney Star Wars show. Yeah, yeah, that you would even utter those words after all we've been through with Ahsoka. So part of me is thinking they are preparing us for something. Like I said, maybe not the season, even the series, but at some point we may see that happen. Well, we can, I mean, we can guess that it's going to happen eventually because, right. especially because in episode nine, when Rey is facing Palpatine, mm -hmm. Ahsoka's voice is one of the uh, voices of past Jedi that she hears. Yeah, but you, but there's ambiguity, ambiguity there. We don't know when, sure. or you yeah. know what I'm saying. But yeah. this is this is foreshadowing to me. At some point, somewhere, we are going to see that happen. You're. I don't want to say you're right, but <laughs> you might be right. Hot take. That's why it's a hot take. Yeah, give us ready to storm the castle here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so all in all, I just there there is uh, I think there's more to Balin. I think yeah. is what I'll what I'll end oh, on yes, on that point. I agree with that. But going back to what you were saying about the the epilogue piece of it, yeah, yeah, that's that's really what kind of what you were saying. That's what made this episode more enjoyable for me at the end you know just that that whole ties it in and I, I think it was last episode of the podcast where you mentioned you were jealous of people who had watched some of the movies in the theater the first time when you see the you know uh luke i'm your father line and everything like that you you know you're jealous of that i feel like there are people out here that don't know how big this moment was you know, who maybe oh, didn't watch Rebels, yeah. who didn't watch Clone Wars. So, there, you know, where our excitement is pretty big. I mean, 
I mean, it's fair to say we're we're all the three of us, you, me, and Gibor. We're super excited to to kind of see it. Um, but but <laughs> yeah, I guess Gibor didn't see all of Rebels, but but still the <laughs> to have all of that and to kind of come to one point here, it was so satisfying. It was so fun to watch, and um. And, you know, hopefully that's just the, you know, launching pad for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, this was a pretty special moment. And again, if you're listening or watching and you've never seen Rebels, not too late, not too late. It makes this moment in the end of episode two, like, way more special than Mm -hmm. just like some normal ending to an episode. And and like you said, like, you realize that this isn't, because when we saw, because, you know, this was in the trailers too, and, you know. So we had seen that this was going to happen, but we didn't, I didn't know that this was, I thought that might've been a flashback type of thing, but this was in like real time in, in, in Ahsoka series one, uh, season one world, right? This is real time, right? So to, to see it and, you know, now knowing all of the stuff that we didn't see with Ahsoka and Sabine training, yeah, it's just, uh, we can go on about more about that later, but yeah, that's, that's kind of why I enjoyed this episode a little bit more. Yeah, the oh so good. Oh my gosh. I just I feel like I exasperated with this show. <laughs> I just I just I need to know what happens next. And at the same time I don't want it to be over. We only have what one, two, Seven three more, six more weeks. Six more weeks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I said on last week's podcast, we're already twenty five percent of the way through. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Don't remind me. All right. Last two questions we want to pose, and those of you listening and especially those of you watching on YouTube, you can comment down below. Uh, your responses to these two questions as well. The first question that we're going to pose is uh, which character or storyline, and Joey and I will both give a response to this as well, uh, which character or storyline has us the most intrigued? That's question number one. And then question number two is what would we rate each of the episodes? So um, do you want to talk about your character or do you want me to talk about my character who I'm uh, most I can intrigued? Go, I'll go first. <clears throat> um, okay. Without any surprise, uh, Sabine Wren, of course, is who I'm choosing to, yeah, you know, I'm excited to see the where she ends up. I mean, Star Wars has always been the stories of Jedi and Sith, and um, where maybe she's not. And I guess I, I forget if we even we didn't really talk about it here on the podcast, but we mentioned it in the reaction. It's pretty much said she had said that she didn't have the abilities of mm-hmm. you know a Jedi, right? As yeah. well as Hu Yang, kind of also. Yeah, who Yang throws her under the bus. He's like, Even you're not, so. you're the least talented person Ahsoka's ever <laughs> right, trained with. <yeah. laughs> you know, so kind of what you and I had hoped, expected, wanted for her character, which is not to say that we don't want her to succeed, but I want, I don't want everyone to have be force sensitive to be successful. You know, like right, that's not yeah. the <clears throat> yeah. So this is a very interesting storyline for me because. We know she's not force sensitive, yet she's still being trained by a Jedi. So what does that mean? This is something that I don't think that I've seen. Um, so what what kind of what kind of training can be done? And and it could be very well something like where she ends up picking some things here and there. Um, I, I once again I'll go back to what Luke did. Luke had no training ever, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he is able to train with Obi-Wan for a little bit. And he's, he's got a couple things here and there and he goes to Yoda and he gets more things, whatever we, we talk about Ray in the same sense. 
But is this another story like that? I don't know. I mean, they they were obviously very much force sensitive, but it was much later in life is kind of what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, if you compare it to like younglings and the, you know, Jedi Temple. But obviously, is this something, one of those stories, maybe even later in life? I don't know. But um, where this ends up, I'm just very curious, very excited to see where her story ends up. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with, I've kind of already given my answer away so many times <laughs> in this episode, but uh, I'm going to go with Balin's goal. Uh, because as you know, if you listen to almost any episode of our podcast, I tend to veer towards the characters that are more morally gray or morally ambiguous, because I think it presents the most intrigue for a story and uncertainty as to the direction of the future of the show um i like the idea of someone being a quote-unquote um bad guy with a sense of moral goodness built in and while it's sort of difficult to see the moral goodness at this point in the story with balin i think it's going to I'm out at some point in the first season. We're going to get a little bit more information on on the true intentions. Again, this is someone who was like used to be a Jedi as a Padawan who's like not actually a Padawan but has the Padawan braid. So clearly he's like operating within the mm-hmm. the bounds of sort of what it means to be a Jedi with the exception mm-hmm. of that he doesn't consider himself to be one. And he's, you know, he's ruthless, as we see in the first scene. Well, actually, I will say he gave them a chance. <laughs> he's he like, well, OK, I guess I guess I'm taking yep. you out. So here's my here's my identification. Right. Yeah. He, he's like he's a bad guy, but you don't get the sense that he's a bad guy for the sake of being evil, which right. which I think is a really cool character personally. Yeah. Um, so that's probably mm-hmm. a. uh a good enough synopsis of why I'm excited about his future in, in Ahsoka, at least with right. season one. I, I It'll be, and we should also mention, you know, um, to Ray Stevenson, uh, actually at the end of the first episode, it was dedicated to him, to our friend Ray, it said. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, I guess, safe to assume we won't be seeing him in season two and beyond of Ahsoka. Um, how that relates to the show, I'm not exactly sure, but... Um, right. You know, a great he, performance. Though, he left us a great way, yeah. performance. Yeah, yeah, and and um, so I, I'm I'm fascinated with this character and, and Shin as well, but mainly Balin. So yeah, and I think it should pick. we at least should mention. Mm-hmm. You know, he did say, "I'm I'm no Jedi. I'm not a Jedi." Who else has said that very right. often? Yeah, is Ahsoka our, is of course Ahsoka has said this many many a time. Yeah, so. There's going to be some parallels there, you know what I mean. So I that's yeah, that's why yeah. I think that's going to be something that they could bond over. Maybe they can have some uh, have some blue milk and talk about how they're no longer <laughs> Jedi together. You know, isn't that fascinating though? Like you have someone who is on the quote unquote good side who's not a Jedi, and you have someone on the quote unquote bad side who's not a, a Sith or a Jedi, but you have them like being opposing forces. Right. Like, I think this show was written for me because there's so many <laughs> like gray characters. I just, yeah. anyways, yes. yeah, it's, it's a, 
it's some cool parallelism not only between Balin and, and Ahsoka, but kind of between Sabine and uh, Shin as well. Yeah. Yeah. But but Shin doesn't have a hole in her, so. <laughs> Episode three, Ahsoka. <laughs> Shin is stabbed through the leg. I don't know. Yeah. Revenge of the Sabine. Yes. Yes. She's coming out with uh, Ezra's light, or no, excuse me, her lightsaber. Her lightsaber. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, the only thing left for us to do is to rank and rate the episodes on a scale of 1 to 10. I guess uh, I should probably go first on this one only because of what our apparent <laughs> rankings are going to be. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so I should preface this by saying that in our show notes, uh, I typed it out before the episode. I, I put episode 1, and I actually gave both the episodes the same score. I gave both of it actually a 9.5 out of 10 for both episode 1 and episode 2. I, I didn't feel strongly that I loved one episode more than the other. And I was I was almost entirely I was gonna use the word satisfied, but that would not be an apt enough description of how I felt. I would say just thrilled with how the first two episodes of the show mm-hmm. went. Uh, I'm totally locked in. I'm ready to see <laughs> where we're going with the characters. Um the cinematography, the music, the plot. Everything about it was was great. If again, if we're being really picky, you could talk about the the Sabine being stabbed and easily surviving, and and like the, the puzzle thing. But those were my two nitpicks. Yeah, you don't like to dwell on those types of things, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, partially giving it a nine point five and not a ten, perhaps because of those nitpicks, but maybe more so just because I want to give the show room to get even better and. Maybe yeah. even get a ten in one of our next uh, next rankings of hopefully the upcoming episodes. So I'm gonna go with nine point five out of ten for both episode one and episode two. Um, and now my story earlier as to why I typed this out on our show notes <laughs> will be will make more sense when Joey tells you his rankings of the episode. So I mean, obviously, I'm I am a much bigger fan because episode <laughs> one I ranked at nine point five one. Yeah. And episode two, <laughs> 9.52. So there you go for all you guys wondering who's the bigger fan of Star Wars. Um, I liked it a whole uh, one, one, one hundredth, uh, two <laughs> one hundredths more than uh, Ben here. No, but, you know, for for serious, for all the same reasons that you said, Ben, I mean, excited. It left me excited. You know, the, the, it left me wanting more. And at, and you said it perfectly. It, it left me wanting more, but also kind of sad that we only get six more weeks of this too. You know, yeah. so it's like the it's like a ticking time bomb, and you have no idea. <laughs> like you know, it, you don't want it to to ever explode, but you know it's there, and you're you know. So yeah, it, I was excited when I was watching it for the second time, and I can't necessarily say this about every episode that we've ever um, watched together that I was super excited to rewatch these, you know, the rewatchability and, you know, picking out things here and there of, you know, Rebels lore, Clone Wars lore or whatever, you know, uh, Night Sisters of Dathomir, everything was just everything that we wanted this to be. So, and for the same reason, I do want, I was still leaving that little room, you know, at the top of the coffee mug, you got a little room for the foam, you know, you, you, you need a little bit more room to make sure that, you know, you want more. But essentially a ten. I mean, essentially, let's let's be serious. <laughs> Do you think so? You you would say mm-hmm. a ten for you, but you still liked 
episode two slightly more than episode yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I would still say that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, as I mean, if we were to lump them together as a two episode type of start, I mean, yeah, obviously that then it's all all the same to me. But yeah, I mean, slightly again, I think it's pr- probably because the come of some of the timing or some of the, you know, decisions they made on like longer scenes just for, you know, the puzzles and stuff like that. Maybe that kind of deterred me a, a tiny bit. Uh, but for the most part, the the, the Rebels epilogue part that's what really took it over for me in episode two yeah yeah that was pretty special yeah dave filoni has given us a uh a masterful first two episodes of ahsoka what a guy it's it's not really an accident that dave was heavily involved with this show's creation and it's at least at this point probably the best thing star wars has done since being acquired by disney it's very early to say that and i might eat those words hopefully i don't eat them well I, I will say with this is yeah. that the reason it is as good as as it is is because all the things they also have done, Clone mm-hmm. Wars, and oh, well, I guess Clone Wars was kind of but um, Dave Rebels, Filoni though Rebels yeah. yeah Dave Filoni anything Dave Filoni related yeah so he I can't wait I can't wait for his movie now I'm just gonna say that yeah yeah that's coming out what twenty twenty five twenty six yeah something like that yeah in the, the in the time. distant future so. Hey, we'll be covering that too. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be at the premiere. Oh, that, that'd be pretty fun. Yeah, we're, we're gonna be at the Ahsoka uh, live uh, fan day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we're all gonna be wearing the the Dave hats. Yes, 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 yes. Well, um, that that about wraps us up for uh, our complete breakdown and thoughts on episodes one and two of the newest Star Wars show, Ahsoka. Do you have uh, any last thoughts before we outro us into next week's episode? I'm, I can't wait till next week. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I gotta say about that. Yeah, only, and, 30, and the, only 30 minutes though, sad. And I, yeah, it is. But I will say, good. you know, you know we're, we're in our outro, outro portion of the night. Um, great work by Gibbo um, yes, over the yes. past past 24 hours essentially trying to get all this together um we normally wouldn't do our reaction videos which should be out very soon um we normally wouldn't do the reaction videos with gibbo because normally at the 2 a.m time period that it was before um he would be not available for for to do that but we had done that we had also done <laughs> we had also uh, done the, uh this podcast episode so it's been a lot of lot of work uh behind the scenes for Gibbo so thank you so much Gibbo for all the work that you've done uh for us this week and every week absolutely yeah i i think i, I know we say it during the episodes at, at the at the end of the episodes you know shout out to producer Gibbo but there's so much that goes into like all the images, especially during the video version of the podcast and just stuff behind the scenes that, that he does to make things run smoothly and to make things look good. So, um, yes, big, big, much love and props to, to Gibbo on, on this very special uh, time of our Star Wars lives when we're getting to experience Ahsoka together. So, uh, again, on next week's episode, we are going to be breaking down and discussing the third episode of ahsoka uh that'll be episode 47 of the podcast next week we're coming up on episode 50 episode 50 is going to be an ahsoka episode yeah Um, and in fact where we are also i i haven't calculated yet but we're coming up on our year as well that's true wow we've been podcasting for almost a year that's crazy (laughs) that's crazy 
That is crazy. Well, uh, here's to episode 46 being in the books. And uh, remember, as always, you can check us out, the Hop Hangout podcast on YouTube for the video version of the podcast. Subscribe over there. We want to give a, a special shout out and much love to the 156 of you who are subscribed over there. So thank you very much, each and every single one of you. Definitely check out the podcasts on anywhere you get your podca- podcasts, including Spotify and Apple, and leave a five-star review on Spotify and Apple. We would very much appreciate that as well. Check us out on the socials, including TikTok, Instagram, and X, Twitter, <laughs> at Hot Hangout on each one of those. And uh, once again, thank you so very much to Gibbo for uh, all the hard work that goes into each and every single one of these episodes and as well as the reaction videos. So uh, much love to Gibbo as well. Shouts to George Lucas. Shouts to Dave Filoni. (laughs) Shouts to who else did we talk about this episode? Amelia Clark. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Uh, You got any last thoughts? David Tennant. David Tennant. Shouts to George Lucas, Dave Filoni, Amelia Clark, and David Tennant. Such a random random four people uh last, any, la- any last, last thoughts Joey? last thoughts i think morgan elspeth said it best this is our galaxy so mm. this is we are definitely in a world that especially a few years ago we never thought we would be in but we're here we're in ahsoka land and uh we're gonna have a fun fun time yes we will Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Hoth Hangout Podcast. We will catch you in next week's episode where we cover and break down the third episode of Ahsoka. And of course, may the Force be with you. <laughs>